Before we get started today, we've put together a little survey for you, our listeners, uh, so we can learn more about what you like and what you want to hear about. So since the beginning of 2020, we've been following along with three different companies and a little bit of a change of format. And we're coming to the end of that first batch of companies. And we want to get your take on what next season might look like. Yeah, so we're taking our own product advice and asking the users here so we can learn a little bit about you, who you are, and what you're interested in, and what you'd like for next season. So that link that we've got the survey at is tbot.io slash giantrobots-survey. Again, that's giantrobots-survey. And your voice is really important to us. So I really hope that you go there and take the survey and let us know. And you'll find the link to that survey too in the show notes for this episode. Thanks very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Giant robot smashing into other giant robots. This is the Giant Robot Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast, where we explore the design, development, and business of great products. I'm your host, Lindsay Christensen. And I'm your other host, Chad Pytel. And this is going to be the last episode of the season with you, Michael. So first of all, thanks so much for joining us and sharing everything that you've shared over the last however many months it's been. The greater (laughs) part of 2020. Yeah, It's been 2020, so it's been like a decade. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. It simultaneously feels like we just started talking with you and that we've been talking with you forever. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, this has been a good excuse to to think through some things that are always sort of happening in the background, but to formalize it for a podcast is always actually helpful for me to keep my thoughts clear. So this has been great. That's good to hear. So we're going to round out things with you by talking about company values. Uh, It's come up on previous conversations. And I'm curious, maybe to start us off, how intentional you were when when starting Nurse 1-1 about laying out values. Like, did you literally write them down? I definitely was thinking in terms of values. I think it was an opportunity to start a company that I actually wanted to, you know, now having some experience and having some resources where I could make sure I do this one right. I definitely thought in terms of, you know, what is it I want to do? What type of company? What should the goals be of the company? But it took maybe a couple of years in uh, when we started actually growing the team a little bit to sit down and define the values and write them out. And it was actually our chief medical uh, officer, Dr. Igor Shimsky, who made it a point while we were at the Harvard Eye Lab to have meetings with everybody, to create a deck, to define exactly what our company values are uh, so that we were all in line with what they were. And, and so that was a great exercise. And we brought on Bailey Carroll to, to run our marketing. She also went through the same process, pulled in all of that information to really pull it into our brand. Like what writing down again, like what is the purpose, the vision of the company? What is our mission? And then using that to also write down our, our brand values in a way that you know all coordinates with everything that we do. So do you have a purpose and a mission statement? And did those come first or second to the values? Those definitely came first. And I would say to anybody hearing this, when you're starting a company and you want to figure out what the mission and the vision and the purpose of your company is, is that you need to first figure out what that is for yourself. 
before you can create and lead a company that's going to have a, a specific purpose, it needs to align with your own purpose. And so I think coming into this company, that was something that I had already figured out. And so it made it a little bit more easy when we were hiring and, and bringing people onto the company that, to make sure that they sort of fit what I was looking for in terms of somebody who has the shared values and purpose and, you know, is, is excited about the mission that we're working on. And so, you know, that stuff is definitely written down. Uh, it's shared throughout the team and it really, you know, drives what we do. And and then the, the values sort of come from that. And so we formally wrote it down all together, but I think there's definitely an order that has to flow in, in order to come out with those values. Tell me more about the process of actually formalizing them as a group. You said that the chief medical officer met with people one-on-one. Is that how it sort of flowed is like meeting with people one-on-one and getting their ideas or how did it actually work? You know, if I could put myself back in, into those days, we were at the Harvard iLab. So we're in a space and we're in a program where we're mixed with other teams. You know, every team is different and there's teams right next to you that are making very different decisions than than you mm-hmm. would as your team would. And so I think it just became clear that we needed to define exactly who we were to make sure that we all knew that, you know, this team that's taking on investor money from an investor that none of us would ever want to talk to, you know, isn't something that we would do. Because at the end of the day, everybody there at that table was taking a risk. You know, we were all people that could have taken opportunities elsewhere that we were foregoing. There was a lot of things that everybody was going through personally that they're all putting on hold in order to start a company. So I think it's just in that like noise and atmosphere of being around a lot of external players that we decided we needed to put them down on paper. You know, one, to make sure that we were all in agreement with what the mission of the company was, but then also to distinguish ourselves from everybody else that that was around us. Is there a difference between the mission and the purpose? Yeah. The way I think of it is the purpose is the why, right? Like, why are you doing this? Why do you get up every morning? That is the purpose, whereas the mission is more the how. It's got more details in it of exactly how you're about to accomplish that purpose. And so our purpose is every human has the right to easily accessible, compassionate healthcare. That's our purpose. That's that's what we believe. And the vision that we have is the what. And we drive proper utilization of care through technology, enhancing the patient experience, improving operational efficiency, and reducing unnecessary healthcare costs. That's the vision of what we're building. And our mission is to empower people to make better healthcare decisions, empowering healthcare providers to better serve patients. And so each level of the purpose, vision, and mission dives down a little bit more into more of, of what our company is going to do to, to serve our purpose. So remind us again, what was the size of your team at the time that you actually formalized these? So there was four of us who were working in and out of the iLab at the time. And mm-hmm. then there was a couple of us that were part-time that were external. So that was the team at the time. Uh, we're not much bigger than that now. So we were still small, but I would yep. say before we were even that big, you know, when it was just a couple of us, it was already clear that we had shared values. You know, we were building a product to make sure that everybody had the same experience that I had. 
by texting a friend of ours who was a nurse practitioner. And that was our entryway into healthcare was the fact that we just happened to live in a neighborhood with a Boston Children's Hospital nurse practitioner. And the big aha moment was, oh my God, like this should be the experience that everybody has when accessing care. You you shouldn't have to live in a neighborhood like that. You shouldn't have to happen to know someone who has the skills that, that you're looking for in healthcare in order to know what you should do next. That should be available to anybody. And so that core realization that, that we had of like, let's figure out how to scale our friend Kim, who's a nurse practitioner, to the rest of the world it was really core to everything that we wanted to do. And so we, without formalizing our purpose and our mission and our vision and writing it down on a piece of paper, there was already that core of like, let's do good for the society. And I think that was what set us off in the right, right direction. After you formalized it, was there people on the team who weren't part of the process of creating it that then needed to be presented with the values and purpose and mission? No, that is part of when we were laying out the values of of the the company. Mm -hmm. Inclusivity is one of our values. So we wrote down six values that we have and inclusivity is, is one of those. So it would be I think odd to have a value that everybody should feel like they're respected and safe and valued and they didn't have a say in creating what the values were. <laughs> so so <laughs> it was it was definitely something that we sat around together and you know being the CEO it's really easy to pretend like you don't have this authority but you you definitely do just by title. And so I made it very clear in these meetings that I wasn't the one driving the laying out of these values that it was going to be a group effort. And so I even had Igor start the process, you know, he was managing the documents that we were writing this out in to just really drive home that this was something that we were building together as a team. I think a challenge that some teams have is how many values are too many and how, how many are too few? How did y'all land on six? You know, I don't actually remember. I do remember us going back and forth and writing them on a whiteboard. I don't remember like removing any. <laughs> so I think we put them up there and it was more like, I remember in my head trying to order which ones are more important mm-hmm. and struggling with that. And I'm looking at the list that we wrote down right now. And I can even see like number six is integrity, do the right thing always. And like, my brain goes, why wasn't that one? Like, why didn't we put that as number one? And nowhere on this does it say it's a ranked order, but having a team that came together for that same purpose and the mission, I think it was pretty easy for us to figure out exactly which ones of these values were important. And so I don't, I don't actually remember the details of, you know, did we have 10 and then came to six or did we have four and then we added two more? But we ended up with six. I think that was just unanimous what we thought was important for the company. So you have inclusivity, integrity. Uh, what are your other values? And do they all start with I? <laughs> they, they do not. No. So, so it's shared value. Uh, and in each one of these, we also not, not only internally for the company, but we also think externally, like how does this fit into healthcare? So there's a shared value that we believe in access to trusted health information for all, you know, and that comes back to that, that same aha moment that we had of why doesn't everybody have access to a friend named Kim who happens to be a nurse practitioner, you know, nurse leadership. We couldn't be calling ourselves nurse one, one and have this mission to have people 
be more accessible to nurses without having nurses be part of one of our brand values. And so nurses are the most effective, engaged, and trusted in direct patient care and positioned to provide leadership in all healthcare areas. We admire their integrity, their courage, their intuitive, and their ability to handle stress and believe that we're going to tap into their leadership potential and, and basically embed them into the digital settings that, that we see out there today that are evolving. Another one of our brand values is wellness. And it's in line with our mission. We prioritize being well. And this comes back, I think we've talked about this in the podcast in the past of, you know, we can't be building the greatest company in the world if we're burning the midnight oil and not taking time off for ourselves, for our own health. You know, people on the team that might have personal lives and, and health things pop up with everybody. And, and when those do, we need to, as a company, make sure that those people feel that that is more important than the company. Efficiency is one, I think I've always had this one where I kind of pride myself on being very efficient. But when we looked at the problem that we're solving in healthcare, efficiency is a huge problem in healthcare. So it made sense to include that as a value in the company. So we're not just building a tech solution to add into the healthcare system. We're looking to improve and build efficiencies within healthcare. And, and we do that internally as well. So that is also one of our brand values. One of the things I've learned, I think, with experience is that before I got to the point I'm at now with the company, it's so easy to look at a list of values or something and think that they're meaningless words (laughs) contrived by a corporate committee. And certainly that's the case, right, in some companies. But it's very hard to tell from the outside the difference. And I think that it's so funny that, you know, a list of words can be so meaningful to a group of people, but I can only speak from experience that they really, really are when you get them right, when you created them for real and not just like, oh, this would be nice if, if, if we had this as a value, but you're truly describing the behaviors of your existing team and what is making it tick. There's something really powerful when you get it right. I definitely see that as as well. And one of the ways that I think has helped having these written down and then, you know, sharing them. And when new people came on, even our our head of marketing, Bailey, when she was writing this, she was the new one on the team that hadn't been around when these were there. And she was formalizing them into our brand and, you know, probably doing more wordsmiths to them and laying it out in a nicer way than we originally did. So she also had the ability to have her input on it. But it helps, I think, especially in a startup when things are taking off and opportunities are flying by and stress is high, that if you have a team that all sort of understands where everybody else sits and what decisions should be made, I I think that's where you keep your company grounded and positioned to be focusing on the same things together. You know, I think anybody could look at these things and say like, oh, you wrote down a whole bunch of like, obvious words that anybody would put as a brand value. But I can literally think about many opportunities that we've either passed by or we we went after, even though they probably weren't as lucrative as maybe we should have been looking at, but it was purely driven by these these values. Could you share a couple of those examples? I'm interested in both sides, (laughs) both the ones you passed up and the ones you're like, let's let's do this even though maybe it doesn't seem as lucrative. Yeah, I think some of the ones that are close or recent 
I'll probably pass on describing because I think <laughs> I think people potentially listening will think I'm talking about them when I'm not. But uh, I, I would say we we passed up a pilot with a healthcare organization that in the email chain that we got back, one of the concerns from their executives was that if nurses are talking to our patients, it will reduce our volume. And the description that they used was that our BS visits, our BS visits will be turned away. And that was shocking to see from the executive that their concern was that the patients who probably don't even need to be going into their clinic will be turned away from this product and that people won't go to the doctor when they don't need to. And basically they wouldn't get paid as much as they would without using our service. That is one of the examples that when we were building this, we like to find, like, remember that actually happened before we laid out these values on a piece of paper. That was an example that I think we kept on bringing back up when we were laying out these brand values. Like, remember when we did that? Like, remember when we passed up a pilot and it was probably going to be like one of our first pilots and we passed it up because we we knew that that wasn't going to fit. That's a really big example of one. We spent maybe two days, a couple of months ago with a community health center that we were going to offer nurse one, one for free. You know, it was literally two days of work from our CTO, our chief medical officer, myself, educating them about what we were doing. And it turned out, you know, they didn't have the resources to even implement it on their side, even though our service was going to be free, but that's part of what we are is, you know, here's a company they're in a part of the country that was having real struggles with the COVID outbreak And they were basically dying for a service like ours. And they reached out to us because we have a blog post saying that, like, we'll work with community health organizations. And that was in the middle of us basically having these really big conversations with really big players, big platforms, big healthcare companies, like huge opportunities. And in the middle of that, we're stopping what we're doing to see if we can help a small clinic and do it for free. And I think that really comes back to like, why are we doing this? Like, we're not doing this just to get that big contract with the healthcare company. We're doing this because we want everybody to have the same experience that, you know, some people have because of where they live or who they know. You mentioned that it's important for your company values to be integrated in your brand values and come through in the brand. What are some of the ways that these values come to life in brand and marketing? I'm probably not the one to speak to that a lot, but I think it comes with the topics that we cover on our social media, the wording that we use, the audience that we're targeting is a big one. So if we want to make health information accessible to all, then we need to be targeting not just high-end wealthy patients, right? We need to make sure that we're targeting everybody. And so All of that comes into our messaging. It comes into the channels that we target. If our product isn't right for a particular demographic, then we'll try to figure out how to make our product right for that demographic. And so it not only goes into our brand, it also goes into the product that we're building as well. In that context, do you think about reading level of the copy and the content that you write? That's definitely something that I think any marketer that's building content is always thinking about that. I think in healthcare specifically, there's a habit to use very high-end terms, very medical speak. And I think in, in our current system where you look at where the high cost patients are, the patients that are having struggling the most with our healthcare system, you know, they're not 
people who have graduated with a PhD or they don't have a medical degree or experience in the medical industry. So using a lot of those terms is scary to people. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of our content is geared towards patients and saying things in a way that patients will understand. You know, emojis is something that we encourage our nurses to use because that's the language that people speak nowadays especially younger people or people who are, uh, you know, digitally native people, you need to start putting emojis. You got to make this something that's engaging to all patients, not just patients who understand what all these medical terms mean. And so that's, that's definitely one that we always think about in, in any messaging that we put out there. We're going to take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor, which I am very excited about. HelloFresh. Get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And let's be honest, right now, we're all not trying to go to the grocery store. HelloFresh offers convenient, no-contact delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. Uh, that's something that I find especially helpful to know if I'm doing it right. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes. It's a great value. You save 40% actually when you use HelloFresh versus shopping at the grocery store. And feeding the family has never been easier with lower prices for larger box sizes. So more servings means more savings. So I am very pumped to be getting my HelloFresh uh, meal kits. And I wasn't sure what to expect because my partner has a lot of allergies. She's allergic to shellfish, tree nuts, gluten, and dairy. So it can make meal planning or eating out difficult. But I shared those allergies and food restrictions with HelloFresh and they said no problem. And we've got few meals on the way. Bayou blackened chicken legs, cherry balsamic bavette steak, and pulled pork fiestables. So the fact that they have all these options for food restrictions just makes me feel really great about them and that they've got food for everybody. Don't miss out on HelloFresh's special deal for our listeners. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Robots90, that's Robots90, and use code Robots90 to get an additional $90 off, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Robots90 and enter Robots90 to get that $90 off, that sweet, sweet deal. Thanks to HelloFresh for sponsoring giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Let's go eat. Are your values publicly available on your website or is that internal? They are not. No, this is this. We have this internal. I, I think, you know, at one point we were like, maybe this is something that we'd put out publicly. I think hopefully our product is the result of our values and our mission. No, I, I think it would feel weird. I think this is where we came up with it. It's, it feels weird to put this stuff out there. It's almost like I'll talk. The result is what we want to put out there. The effect of our product, the effect of our service, you know, actually solving the problem is what we want out there in the world. And these values are what's going to help us solve that problem. And so I think that was more important to us than just 
you know, sort of putting it out there and letting everybody know how like great we are. So I think that's what we ended up thinking was that this is more of an internal type of, of list of values. But now here I am speaking about it on a podcast. So, <laughs> Well, you know, we're making you. Yeah. <laughs> you have a good excuse. There you go. It may not be public, but but is it something that you explicitly look for when you are interviewing team members? Are there specific questions that you've crafted or that kind of thing that you're judging based on the values? People on my team probably have have crafted mm-hmm. specific questions. My interview style is is more casual because I want to get to know the person and everybody's different and they communicate so drastically differently that if someone, I think I actually like speak against myself. So if there's like somebody that's in high demand, that's getting a lot of offers from different companies, I usually get the sense of that. And I put myself out there as like, we're definitely not that like, we're probably don't struggle. And like, yeah, you'll be hiring people, but you know, the next year, like, you know, I, I almost speak against it because what I want them to be passionate about is the mission of what we're doing. And so that is usually the thing that I'm looking for most in a hire. You know, there's the the technical skills if we're hiring somebody technical, there's the marketing skills if they're doing marketing, their experience and all that stuff. But I kind of like, and maybe this is why I, I start startups a lot, is I like the people who are willing to give up on, you know, salary or prestige or visibility or whatever it is that big companies can offer or another company can offer because I I love to be surrounded by people who are willing to work hard for a cause. And that's really the the core of what I'm looking for when I'm interviewing someone is, are they going to be passionate about it? I'm not going to follow up, you know, after this meeting, like this should be something that's so exciting to you that you should follow up. And I kind of have this, like, you know, even in positions where I shouldn't, I should be chasing a particular hire. I tend not to. And, you know, I I guess this is just maybe a decision I do in my own life, you know, as as well as this is what we're doing. Either like it or you don't. And if you don't, that's fine. There's definitely other valuable things that people can be doing with their time. But, you know, this is what we're doing. And if it's exciting, like, let's continue the conversation. So that's that's usually my strategy with hiring. As you move forward as a company and, you know, continue to grow the team, continue to work with new customers and continue to face those times where your values are being challenged or or you need to make a difficult decision. Do you find as a team, like you're explicitly referencing your values, like having them called out and, and say like, oh, we can't do it because of this? I don't think anybody ever points back to the values that we wrote down. They are brought up maybe more casually where an opportunity pops up and really quickly on Slack, someone questions, you know, is this going to be good for the patients? You know, it's less direct than, you know, does this actually, you know, is inclusivity. I'm thinking of one that's really recent that I can't dive into, but like, is that going to add to the inclusivity of our product is basically hinted at. And Mm -hmm. I don't even think the person remembers that inclusivity is one of our values, right? It's just transparent in the way that we communicate and think and behave that these things do come up over and over again. And and as we scale, I bet we're going to have to be more deliberate in pushing these values through the company. We're small. So, you know, the team that basically built these values is the team that we have today. Mm -hmm. But as we grow a team, 
this is definitely going to be something that somehow I'm going to have to hire someone that's really good at, at this sort of thing, making <laughs> sure that every hire that we have also learns these values and starts, you know, actually using them in their day to day. What we do at ThoughtBot is on people's first day, I sit down with them and do a presentation on them as well as a little bit of company history and that sort of thing. And it's a lot. We're not hiring now, but when we were, you know, I was doing them once a week or every couple of weeks, but it's also for me, it was really important to be doing that, even if it took up time. Yeah, it's smart. And that's really what it comes down to is that these things take up time and there's always a fire burning and you're walking through talking about wellness and taking time off, <laughs> you know, and yeah, I think that sounds like a plan that I'll probably adapt, you know, as we start to grow as well. I think it, it makes a big impact. And I, I've seen that at ThoughtBot, Chad, with you meeting with the, the new hires, it affirms their decision that they are working at ThoughtBot because not only are they hearing about the values, they're hearing about them from the CEO and the fact that they're important. And yes, we do really live these uh, or strive to live these and it, it, they aren't just words. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the good employees are, are actively seeking out to work with people who, who have some sort of common values. So I know you've got your immediate team that's working on the business. Then you've got all of the nurses and then kind of other people in your universe, investors, advisors. Do any of them see the values at any point? I think the, the investors have learned them pretty quickly. So I do investor updates usually every two months and I'm, I'm due for the last two months, but I'm waiting for this one piece of news to break so I can include it. And I think, I think our values probably come through in there. I'm, I'm not as explicit, but when I'm talking about an opportunity that we're targeting, I'll always include something about why this is important to a patient. I'll drive home that that's the reason why we're doing it. And then, you know, the size of the opportunity is listed, but it's not the why we're going after it. So I think that stuff comes through on the investor updates. When we're talking to the investors initially, the mission and why we're doing this is always there. I'll do the same thing I do when I'm pitching someone to hire for the company. I'll do the same thing to an investor and I'll let them know that our mission is that we're mission driven and that this company and why we're able to have the employees that we have on this team is is about this mission. And so, you know, sometimes I'll even say like, if you're an investor who's just looking for a big opportunity, we'll probably be that but it's going to take some sacrifice because we're going to stick to this mission. You know, I put that stuff out there pretty early and that filters away investors who think that that's crazy to say, you know, at the beginning, at the very end of an investor meeting. I think when it comes to the nurses, so we're now, we just crossed over 1500 nurses who have signed up for our, our platform. That's a big number. And I think the way that our strategy has evolved with them is it's more about showing them what our values mm -hmm. are. And the great thing that we're doing is we're hiring, you know, nurse practitioners, registered nurses. We're now hiring physician assistants. We have MDs who are signing onto the platform as well. In healthcare, these are very mission-driven type of personalities to begin with. And so that does help us. There's definitely you know, in any profession, people that don't have the same values as us, but it's, I think from the default, a very high moral group of people that, that are coming in, but we do things where, you know, we had a program where it turned out we had to stop coverage in a specific state. 
And, you know, right before this program kicks off, there's a couple of providers who now aren't a part of what we were just hyping up. And what we decided as a company, and this just happens quickly on Slack is like, if I got this email and I sent all this paperwork in, like I would be upset. And it's like, well, how do we make them feel better so that we don't lose them in the future? But also like they should be compensated because they were doing this because they thought they were getting compensated. And then it's like, you know, what's the best way to do this? And it's like, well, what about gift cards? Like, let's give them a gift card. And like, we'll really quickly within like five minutes be drafting up a message to send to them, letting figuring out how to get them gift cards. Like what's the, the proper value that we think would make sense that would make them feel whole. And then it's just done and we move on. And I think that's how we show this community of providers that we care and what our values are and how we value them and how we want them to feel included in the product that we're building. That's really, I think, how we we share what our values are to them. Has the value creation process at Nurse One One been similar to your other startups? It's very different. Um, <laughs> I think there's different phases that you know, I'm at in my life than when I was starting companies in the past, you know, some of them, I was like in my twenties and like, didn't know what the heck I was doing. Right. And things were moving quick. And I don't think we ever sat down in a lot of them and tried to think of what our values were. Uh, I think we did write down our mission. I think it was Netflix that had this deck that was like there. And I remember reading it and just like loving it. And I copied it and I started just putting like the brand of what we of the, of the company on the top and just started editing it to make it more in theme with the company. And I remember sharing it around, but we never had like a meeting where we sat down and said like, this is our mission and this is a vision. You know, I, I think it was different on each pitch deck that we had every funding round because we were at different phases. So it was less deliberate back then. I, you know, I, I've had the benefit for the most part of working with good people that sort of had similar values that I had. So it always helped. But this was like the first company, Nurse One's the first company where, again, like I've been through a lot of, you know, really good successes. I've felt what growth feels like. I know what an exit feels like. I know what disappointment feels like. I know what an utter botched startup feels like. (laughs) And this was like an opportunity where I could say like, hold on, like, let's take the good from each of those. Let's learn from the bad of each of those. And I'm just going to take the time and see if I can formulate that into a company that's going to be a success. And that's, that's really what I've been, been doing, not just at the start, but, you know, throughout this whole journey. Awesome. Well, switching gears a little bit, we're coming up on the end of the year. We're curious how you think about the end of the year and going into a new one. Do you do a lot of planning for the new year, budgeting, (laughs) that that kind of thing, or set resolutions for yourself and the company? We definitely set goals for the year. We always have a march towards the end of the year of a mission. Like, what do we need to do in order to have a successful 2020? Every year, I always make resolutions for myself, too, and and try to stick with them. And it's, it's always on the theme of growth, like... There's like the ideal person that I want to be in the world. Like, what do I need to do to get better at that? That is something that that I do. You know, looking forward into 2021, we definitely have some big goals as a company. We're just now starting to define exactly what that looks like internally. We've spent 
the last few months, I wouldn't say in a pivot, but I would say changing the underlying workings of the company to go after bigger opportunity. That opportunity is now starting to show some fruit and it looks like there's a whole lot more out there. And so now we're trying to figure out how to scale within this new model. And so that's really our our focus is the nurses that are on our platform are the core. And that is like every single step we emerge and we look at like, what is the value that we have? And it's a system that allows these nurses to do what they're so good at and scale them. And now we're seeing how do we plug them into all these different digital solutions that are out there, different forms of healthcare that we can plug them into in a way that is easier and easier for them to help all these different aspects of healthcare. That's really where we're at right now as a company. And it's how do we make sure that we're productizing that? How do we make sure that we can do it without the team members on this team completely getting burnt out? We're definitely at a phase right now where I can feel the grinding going on. And now we're looking for the grease to sort of stop that. So we're, we're in a good spot. And, you know, going into the next year, it's, I think if we do this right, it's going to be about scale and really scaling this, this big shift that we did in 2020. So you've already started on your 2021 goal setting? I have not. I don't go just like, what's the goal? How do we hit the goal? I like to get more of a holistic thought of what the goal should be and be in reality with what the market is turning. Mm-hmm. Healthcare right now is just utterly spinning because of this pandemic, but then also just the shift in the political change that's mm-hmm. happening. There's so much that is going to really change healthcare. The digital world within healthcare is coming super fast. It's not coming from the historical healthcare companies, which is, you know, every industry you look back and you go, well, of course that company wasn't going to hold on when digital finally hit it. For some reason in healthcare, everybody thinks that the brands that are around are going to survive and be the leading technical companies. It's very clear now that that's definitely not happening in healthcare. I would say, you know, if anybody in the healthcare space is listening, the winners of the platforms are clearly testing in pharmaceuticals. Those are the platforms that are emerging. It's not the electronic health records. It's not the hospitals. It's definitely those two platforms. And so we're figuring out how we fit in with those. And then we'll set our goals in a way that's realistic to what we can achieve in 2021. The goal really is the last thing that we put on there. Mm -hmm. Like if everything works right, where should we be? And then we set that as our goal rather than just being completely aspirational and setting a goal and then trying to figure out how to get there. Because I I think that could be a recipe for disaster because it's not really based in reality. Do you use any uh, frameworks for that process? Um, Google Docs. (laughs) (laughs) No, Like um, OKR? No, no, I'm yeah. no, I'm not that polished. Yeah. No, I, I think as we grow, that's where I'll probably have to hire someone who's been in the consultant world to come in and go, oh, actually, what you're talking about is a couple of these frameworks that an HBS professor came up with at once. Um, <laughs> right, right. But there's a few of those bouncing around the iLab for sure. You can <laughs> pop back over. I, I, I'm really close friends with a bunch of them. So I, uh, I do know that the value that they have, but this is more feel when it comes to that stuff and understanding, you know, what's out in the market and then coming up with a plan 
And then if I ever want to pitch it to someone who loves that stuff, I guess I'll have to like refresh and work it into some, you know, existing model that's out there. I love it because I feel like we've come full circle because I remember, I'm not surprised by your answer because I remember the first episode we did with you in the series was on product roadmap and planning and you weren't using anything like that. You're just using Google Docs and, and, and that kind of thing, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't contradict myself there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'll uh, echo Chad from the top. Thanks for letting us tag along in your journey in what turned out to be quite the year. Oh, this, is, this has been fun. I really enjoy this. We'll have to do a check-in at some point for sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, Michael, if people want to get in touch with you, follow along with you, join the team, be a customer, where are all the best places for them to do that? Probably, yeah, my Twitter is a, is a good one. So I'm, I'm Michael Shealy is my Twitter handle. Our website is nurse11, that's nurse-1-1.com. Those are probably the two best places. You can subscribe to the show and find notes for this episode at giantrobots.fm. If you have questions or comments, email us at hosts at giantrobots.fm. You can find me on Twitter at cpytel. And me on Twitter at lindsay3d. This podcast is brought to you by ThoughtBot and produced and edited by Tom Obarski. Thanks for listening and see you next time. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. ThoughtBot is your expert design and development partner. Let's make your product and team a success.